At the piano is Colin Sell, and your chairman is Humphrey Littleton. Hello and welcome to I'm Sorry I Haven't a Clue. You join us today at the Grand Theatre in the fine Lancashire seaside town of Blackpool. Blackpool's first known settlement was founded by the Brigantes, an intimidating people whose warlike women folk terrified encroaching tribes with fearsome charges for the use of hot water and the crew it said. Little is known of the subsequent history of this area, but exciting evidence of the Emperor Vespasian's occupation was discovered recently by a local archaeologist when a lost hoard of Roman coins fell at his feet after he got three cherries up. <laughs> after the Roman occupation, Vikings arrived in what is now Lancashire. That it was a peaceful integration is suggested by the many place names that are combinations of Scandinavian and Anglo-Saxon, including Leighton come Warbreck, <laughs> Bispham with Norbreck, <laughs> and Wigan by Smorgasbrod Pickles. <laughs> These North settlers had arrived via the Isle of Man, where they'd gone seeking to create a new type of forward-looking liberal society. Not a mistake they'll make again in the <laughs> from the From the 13th century, the district was controlled by the Butler family, barons of Warrington. In 1257, Henry III granted William Le Butler an annual fair and a weekly market in Leighton. However, the charter was withdrawn in a fit of pique when the king decided the butlers were selling off his wife's stolen underwear. <laughs> The town became a health resort in the 18th century when bathing in seawater became a national craze. When it was time for the ladies to bathe, the bell was rung and any gentleman found on the shore taking a peek was fined a shilling. Court records from 1757 reveal that one offender, Joshua Curtis, defended himself on the grounds that he'd gone deaf. And after medical reports confirmed this, he was fined a further half-crown for gross public indecency. <laughs> Curiously, each planning application for a new entertainment in Blackpool results in mass objections from local residents on the grounds that they're lowering the tone of the area. <laughs> so the town hall switchboard should brace itself when I say, let's meet the team. <laughs> They are, on my left, Barry Cryer and Graham Garden. And on my right, Tim Brooke-Taylor and Tony Hawkes. And please welcome the lady who gives us so much pleasure on the desk next to me, the delightful Samantha. Okay, let's kick off with our regular Lonely Hearts round. So I'd like the teams to share with us, please, any celebrity Lonely Heart ads that they may have spotted recently. Barry, will you start, please? Uh, Nana Muscuri seeks life partner, must have good sense of humus. <laughs> Tony. Uh, this one's for Quasimodo. Uh, <laughs> do you love a sexy French accent? 
and are prepared to overlook a couple of things. <laughs> Guaranteed to bring a new meaning to humping. Graham. Yes, I spotted one from uh, Chris Tarrant. Quiz show host seeks broad-minded lady. Prepared to ask an audience, phone a friend and go 50-50. <laughs> Tim. Spider-Woman. Attractive superhero with good pair of legs. Pair of legs, pair of legs. <laughs> pair of legs. And own website. <laughs> Would like to meet the invisible man. Please send photograph. <laughs> Jar Jar Gabor wishes to meet Jean-Michel Jarre, object to become Jar Jar Jarre. <laughs> Stephen Hawking, no time wasters. <laughs> Britney Spears look-alike seeks brown fairy look-alike with a view to producing lots of little Britney fairies. <laughs> There's one I saw from Robin Cook, cosmetically challenged Scotsman. <laughs> Seeks anything with a pulse. <laughs> one here from uh, John Prescott, companion wanted in a sense, uh, must be a good listener insofar as we all understand this. <laughs> listening capacity which may hitherto have been well you understand what I'm talking about I've said it before G-H-O-S essential <laughs> and furthermore I don't know who this is mother of four seeks companionship one needs a bit of peace and quiet can meet at one of our palaces no Greeks Thomas Alva Edison seeks sound woman. Please send phonograph. <laughs> Paul Burrell. Oh, here we go. Former, former royal ass licker seeks partner for evenings camping and cruising. <laughs> okay. The teams are going to sing for us now in the round call. One song to the tune of another. This... This is quite simply where the words of one song are sung to the tune of a different song, so you need to be as dim as a tock-aged lamp to require further explanation. <laughs> so, teams, perhaps the simplest way to understand this is to think of a song as a jam roly-poly, with the tune being the sponge, obviously, which is rolled up neatly to contain the jam or words. It would be perfectly possible to unroll the sponge and scrape out the jam, which might be might be strawberry or raspberry, and to replace it with a different jam taken from a second roly-poly, perhaps a summer fruit compote or even orange marmalade. Although, obviously, you wouldn't want to use the thick-cut varieties. That, that would have lumps of peel sticking out through the sponge. But please don't get bogged down on fruit preserves, teams. The type isn't important. What you should be concentrating on is the state of the sponge pudding that's been unrolled. It would doubtless be damaged and possibly broken in places as a result of the unrolling and scraping. So I know exactly what you're thinking, teams. Where does a useless old pudding come into this? 
at the piano, we have Colin Stead. <laughs> Graham, we're going to start with you. Would you please sing the words of that lovely song, You've Lost That Loving Feeling, to the tune of John Brown's Body? You never close your eyes anymore when I kiss your lips And there's no tenderness like before in your fingertips You're trying hard not to show it, baby, but baby, I know it You've lost that loving feeling Oh, that loving feeling You have lost that loving feeling now it's gone, gone, gone. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You've lost that loving feeling. Oh, that loving feeling. You've lost that loving feeling. Now it's gone, gone, gone. Oh, Okay, Barry, would you please sing the words of Splish Splash, I was taking a bath to the tune of Blue Moon. Splish Splash, I was taking a bath long about a Saturday night. A rubber dub just relaxing in the tub. Thinking everything was all right Well, I stepped out the tub, put my feet on the floor I had the towel around me and I Opened the door and then I splish-splash I jumped back In the bath, well, how was I to know There was a party going on they was a splishing and a splashing. Okay, Tony now, would you please sing the words of Jake the Peg to the tune of We'll Meet Again. <laughs> I'm Jake the Peg, diddle, 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 I'm with my extra leg, diddle, 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 um. Wherever I go, through rain and snow, the people always let me know. There's Jake the peg, diddle, 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 um. with his extra leg. Diddle, 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 the day that I born, my father nearly died. He couldn't get my nappies on. No <laughs> matter how he tried, cause I was born with an extra leg. And since that day begun, I had to learn to stand on my own three feet. <laughs> Finally, Tim, would you please... I keep saying please. Can't, be can't believe I'm so polite about this load of rubbish. 
keep saying, and finally, in that rather hopeful way. <coughs> well, it's a nice word. <laughs> Should occur more often. <laughs> finally, Tim, would you please sing the words of Relax by Frankie Goes to Hollywood <laughs> to the tune of Roll Out the Barrel. Relax, don't do it when you want to come. Relax, don't do it when you want to suck it to it. Relax, don't do it when you want to come. I thank you. Well, let's gloss over that with a game, called, <laughs> a game called Straight Face, where the teams will attempt to be as unfunny as possible. I think I detect a theme emerging. <laughs> <laughs> this is played most effectively by those who are not in the best of moods, so Barry Cryer might be at something of an advantage here. He's still fuming from the practical joke played on him earlier when he discovered that some cruel prankster had cut all the ring pulls off his lunch. <laughs> In straight face, I'll ask the teams to exchange unfunny words with the object of... I'm going to try again. This script is a load of old rubbish. In straight face, I'll ask... The... I might be dying from it. And finally... In straight face, I'll ask the teams to exchange unfunny words, the object being not to get laughs from the audience. Each player who does get a laugh will be eliminated one by one. How can each player be eliminated one by one? That doesn't, that doesn't make sense either, but you know the gist of it. The end of the game will be signaled when only one player remains, or I put my pyjamas on, whichever comes soonest. Anyone eliciting even the slightest titter from our audience will be disqualified. This week's subject is things you might come across during a tour of Blackpool. Okay, I'd like you to utter your humour-free words in turn, please. Starting with you, Tim. Pier. Pleasure Beach. Donkey. Fish. Coconut. Savaloy. Oh. Yeah, oh, come on. That's the hotel, isn't it? Hmm. <laughs> Dodgem. Titter. <laughs> Am I out, you're, you're out, yes. Right, okay. <laughs> Landlady. Suppository. <laughs> oh, please. That's a put-up job. Hotel. Class. Casino. Bedroom. Class. Socialists. 
Red light. You're out, Tony. <laughs> so it's just a... Who is it? Tim and Graham? Yeah. Okay, carry on. Candy floss. Bucket. Spade. Puddle. Oh. Burger. Puddle. <laughs> Piddle. Hallucination. Alps. <laughs> On a very clear day. <laughs> right, I'm sick of this. <laughs> You're both eliminated. Okay, the next round is all about sound effects. These essential ingredients of radio production are often performed live using the most unlikely equipment. For example, dried peas are bounced on a small drum to represent rainfall. A sheet of thin steel is wobbled to replicate thunder, while large ball bearings are rolled on a tea tray to represent someone rolling large ball bearings on a tea tray. <laughs> and when, when we hear the sound of a barrel being scraped, it's actually John Peel's guests talking about their amusing pets. <laughs> Unfortunately, we don't have any special sound effects with us, so in this game, as one team relates a story, the other will supply vocal sound effects to represent exactly what's happening. And I'll be fascinated to hear how they replicate the sound of 900 arses being bored off. Tim and Tony, you're to start. I'd like you to provide a commentary on a sporting event. Barry and Graham, I'd like you to provide the sound effects. Off you go, Tim and Tony. Well, here at the Centre Court, Wimbledon, there's a noisy crowd. <laughs> of 11,000 angry Celtic supporters who <laughs> suddenly realise they've got the wrong tickets. <laughs> Boo. Over <laughs> you, Tony. You join us as Sampras serves. <coughs> Soup to his wife at his digs. <laughs> Disappointed that he never made the final. There's a tap on the door. The plumber has a great sense of humor. <laughs> his temperamental Romanian coach enters noisily. That's clear when you but then those Eastern European coaches are famous for their lousy breaks. <laughs> back to you, Tim. Thank you, Tony. Uh, back here at the Centre Court, the two finalists have gone to the net to, to toss. <laughs> Over to you, Tony. <laughs> Bing! I'm now at the press conference of the mixed doubles finalists. Uh, the German is talking about how excited he is. In fluent French. Monsieur. Followed by the Swede. Which remains silent because, of course, vegetables can't speak. Have you seen today in Parliament? <laughs> Back to you, Tim. Thank you. I'm now on Henman Hill, where a brass band is playing. 
cards because sadly Henman has not reached the final. Over to you, Tony. Well, there's controversy on court, Tim. Play oh. has stopped because the players have been distracted by the sound of a mobile. Mobile library. Being crashed into by that bloody Romanian coach again. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'd like you to tell a story now, Barry and Graham. You're providing the sound effects this time, Tim and Tony, so off you go, please, Barry and Graham. Uh, right, this is an exciting tale. Oh, yes. It's an adventure of the secret three of St. Edwina's. <laughs> 8.30 in the morning, the headmistress, Miss Shapen, was... <laughs> was conducting assembly. Uh, oh, uh, morning, morning, everyone. Yes, yes my twin sisters. sisters here. Yes. <laughs> There's a terrible echo in here. Yes. The package from Ikea has arrived, she announced. <laughs> Soon the girls were hard at work. Building the wardrobe. <laughs> Suddenly the gardener, old sourbutts, burst in, announcing that the headmistress had disappeared. Oh, the headmistress disappeared! She said. <laughs> Several of the girls began to cry. <laughs> Hooray, they cried. <laughs> this is a case for the secret three, exclaimed Cynthia as she pedalled away. <laughs> Once all the drugs were sold, <laughs> she sought out Mavis, who was playing hockey. Oh, 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 it to you, jolly hockey shot. the wing. Oh, good shot. <laughs> In the school play, Life of an Irish Prime Minister. <laughs> The two girls set off to find the last of the secret three, but Bunty saw them first and rushed over excitedly. What is it? Oh, you noisy pony, said Cynthia. <laughs> Brenda got off Bunty <laughs> and said, Come on, girls, it's time for Jim. Thank you, girls, said Jim. <laughs> that night, there was an excited buzz in the dorm. <laughs> Who's been smuggling batteries, asked Brenda. <laughs> As the girls undressed, there was silence, save for the sound of the rustle of silk and the twanging of brass traps. <laughs> How clever to make those traps out of brass, said Cynthia. 
the mice don't stand a chance. <laughs> Suddenly, there was a ghastly noise. I know that speech impediment anywhere, cried Mavis, and tore up the carpet. <laughs> tore down the corridor and tore up the stairs. <laughs> there in her study was Miss Shapen, who hadn't been missing at all. <laughs> Relief showed in the girl's tinkling laughter. <laughs> it's not funny, said Miss Shapen, and stop tinkling. <laughs> The, the end. end. <laughs> well, it's almost time to end the show, but it's just time to squeeze in a round of Devil's Songbook. Samantha tells me she has to nip out now to meet two young vicar friends who have promised to exorcise a poltergeist in her flat. They say they're looking forward to stopping her furniture flying round the room and giving her the willies. God. So, so while she's away getting that sorted, I'll ask the teams to suggest song titles likely to appeal to Satan, devil worshippers, and other dabblers in the black arts. Graham, will you start, please? I'm Satan on top of the world. <laughs> Route 66, 6. <laughs> Route 60 sticks. Oh. As in the river. Ah, ah, ah. I'm forever blowing Beelzy bubbles. Oh, no. Slightly <laughs> dyslexic one here. I saw Mummy kissing Satan's claws. Ah, <laughs> oh, the devil has all the best tunes. Cliff Richards proved that. Um, <laughs> infernal bogey. <laughs> Smack my pitchfork. <laughs> Never... I'm horny, 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 horny. Your tiny hoof is cloven. <laughs> I'd like a virgin. <laughs> Wouldn't we all? <laughs> We oh. all live in a yellow subterranean pit of sulphur. <laughs> the archer's theme, just personal. <laughs> <laughs> and so, ladies and gentlemen, as the proud sea captain of time casts off on the liner of fate, and the first mate of destiny thanks him for knitting in the cardigan of eternity. <laughs> I notice it's the end of the show. So from the team, Samantha, myself, and the good folk of Blackpool, it's goodbye. Barry Cryer, Graham Garden, Tim Brooke Taylor, and Tony Hawkes have been given silly things to do by Humphrey Littleton, with Colin Sell setting some of them to music. The programme consultant was Ian Pattinson, and the producer was John Naismith. <laughs>